0: You can call me Eileen, I'm good with that. Welcome to the Panorama Podcast. In this segment, the gang reconnects with Eileen Hupp of the PV Chamber of Commerce (laughs) to get an update on how local businesses are adapting to the coronavirus pandemic. Last time we had a podcast about basically what's happening in PV with the businesses in here, especially because of the pandemic. So I guess the big question is just an update since that time. Um, Has anything changed or... Yes, we did speak. Um, I think it was almost four months ago, three and a half, four months ago now, and um, so much as you know has changed. Um, this situation is evolving every day. Um, we talk about the shifting landscape. I prefer to talk about it as shifting sands because I think a lot of businesses feel like we're on we're on unstable ground. I mean, we've seen restaurants open, restaurants closed. You know, outdoor dining, no outdoor dining. You know, I mean, it's just it's your know, gyms open, gyms closed. So. You know, businesses in general and people in general don't like uncertainty. They would rather have bad news and at least know what it is than have this constantly changing environment. So um, uh, the the short answer to your question, have things changed since we spoke last? Absolutely everything has changed um, from our the scientists and the doctors' knowledge of, the, of this particular virus, how it spreads, how to treat it, how to contain it, you know, all of that has changed. But from a business perspective, um, business owners have, and um, have had to be extremely nimble and changing and reinventing themselves, you know, in some cases from week to week because things that we thought would be okay a month ago are no longer okay. I'm sure that you've begun taking new measures because, as you said, like uh, these situations are changing constantly. So, can you just maybe tell us about some things that um, the Chamber of Commerce has been maybe enacting to kind of help the businesses on the Hill? Okay. Oh, that is a great question. So, we are a business, we're a nonprofit business, but we're a business and we have had to completely Redo and shift our business model and move everything the way we do and the information we deliver to a totally new way. Um, so we, um, we have um, become a, a, and we were all, we always did this, but we now are doing everything online and virtually. So we are continuing with all of our regular events and committee meetings and, and things like that. But I think where we have um, provided, and what I hear from my members, where we have really provided the most value is we have become a, um, a curator and source of information. I mean, businesses are being flooded with information from the cities, the county, the state, their professional associations, and, and it's very hard for them to even sort out, am I allowed to be open? If I'm allowed to be open, what rules do I have to follow Who sets the rules? Who has the jurisdiction? Is it the city? Is it the county? Is it the health department? What is it? So we have been furiously collecting and sifting that information and getting the the pertinent information out to our businesses. We have also worked very hard to bring our businesses information on every single grant, loan program, any type of business resource that might be out there. So whether it's the PPP loans we've heard about, um, we've worked with businesses. If their bank isn't offering them, we've connected them to other banks. Um, I have personally helped businesses fill in applications. We have provided A lot of one-on-one consultation with businesses um, with respect to, you know, where do they stand with the commercial rent moratorium that is in effect from the county of L.A. that was just extended. Um, What's going to happen with the PPP loan forgiveness? How have the rules changed? So all of that information is so important to our businesses um, because, you know, it's hard enough for them to implement it, but they don't have the time to be able to sort through and figure out what the protocols are. So like getting into more of the um, specifics with the Chamber of Commerce um, in particular. So I know that um, the Chamber of Commerce, they do make money through um, certain events like the street fair and stuff like that. So I was just wondering for this year with things like those events that are more social, they're being closed. How are you guys um, earning money Well, that money is a very year? great question. So, um... We, we are a nonprofit membership organization. We receive no funding from any of our cities, okay? We, we're a small nonprofit just like any other small nonprofit. Um, and you are absolutely correct. That is a great question. So our funding comes from our membership dues, the businesses that pay to belong to the chamber. Um, and most of them pay on average about $300 a year. So that's not a lot of money. We don't have a lot of businesses up here. So, um, but we are very, our members are our shareholders when you think about it, like a public company has shareholders, our members are our shareholders. So, we are very grateful to our loyal members and, and their membership dues do obviously help to keep the lights on and, and keep us going. Um, we do get um, another significant chunk of our revenue is from, um, from events like the PV Street Fair being the biggest um, the other events that we do during the year, whether it's a awards luncheon for outstanding businesses or a legislative event, most of those are break-even type events. We're not doing them as fundraisers. We are doing them to shine a light on our members. So when we're honoring our members at a luncheon, it's to honor the members. It's not to make money. Okay. So, um, but we do get some sponsorships that go along with those events. Um, you know, a business may want to sponsor the awards luncheon because they may want to you know, get their name in front of the community, or maybe they want to show their support for another member who's being honored kind of thing. So, so we get some sponsorship dollars for some of those events. And then of course we have the street fair and you are absolutely right. We don't have that. So our revenue has taken a significant hit this year. Absolutely. Um, And um, the interesting thing is that, you know, we, um, or the ironic thing is that, Chambers of Commerce. We are what is called a 501c6 organization. So we are a nonprofit organization per the you know IRS, but we're a c6, which means we're a membership organization. The PPP loan program that the you know the Congress approved um, did not apply to 501c6, to Chambers of Commerce. It applied to what we traditionally think of as nonprofits, the 501c3s, which are things like the American Cancer Society or the Red Cross or United Way or something like that. Okay. So the irony of it is, you know, here is the Chamber of Commerce working very hard. You know, it's nine o'clock on a Friday night and I'm sitting on the phone helping a business submit their PPP application and I've hooked them up with a bank that will take their business and we're doing all this and we're saving them and we're not eligible for the loans. Okay. Um, There have been a lot of other grants and loan programs that are available that are out there. Many of them are restricted to um, certain zip codes. So if you, which is fine, they're restricting them to inner city zip codes. and, And that makes a lot of sense, of course. But if you happen to be located in 90274 or 90275, which is not only the Chamber of Commerce, but many of our businesses, we're not eligible for some of those programs. So, it has been, I mean, not to say that there aren't things out there, but it has been very, very challenging for us. So, you know, we've done what every other business has done. We have, you know, looked at every every aspect of our costs and done everything we can to Trimmed down, and we run lean and mean anyway. I can tell you that we recycle paper clips. That's not a joke. Um, and so we have trimmed every piece of co- every cost that we can. And um, we're you know we're looking very very carefully at um, you know at um, what we can do to monetize and, and do some events and get some sponsorships and you know, and keep going with our mission, which we absolutely are committed to doing until we can hopefully, you know, maybe by the early part of next year um, or sooner, get some events going that will help to, to replenish that revenue stream. But you're absolutely right. It is a it is a challenging time, but the chamber, uh, myself, um, our board of directors is very committed, absolutely, to continuing with our mission. So we just have to be flexible and innovate and be nimble like every other business. So, have- you found um certain events to replace the street fair or are you just trying to save um, up on the money right now because things are a bit tight yeah well i mean we're obviously i mean the first you know the first thing you do is you look at what expenses you can cut you know what expenses you can cut so you know whether it's gee you have a storage locker where you're storing old records so you go and you move those records somewhere else or whatever and you save 75 dollars a month or whatever it is for that so you do all those kinds of things um the, the Evan things um you know we were um uh, you know at this point it's it's a little challenging we're doing some we're doing some ri- some virtual events and we're getting some sponsorships for those um yeah got it. Yeah, yeah um so anyway, but but back to that, i think it's do you let me just finish that thought that's where we were, is that obviously every business you still have to pay your insurance you know even if you are able to defer your rent under these moratoriums you still have to pay it and when you don't pay your rent because you can't pay it because of the you know because of your COVID situation, the landlord who owns the property still has to pay insurance and property taxes. Okay, the county didn't. The county couldn't say you don't pay your property taxes. That's the state constitution. So or something. So so it's a whole big ripple effect. It is extremely. I mean, it's, it's hitting every almost every sector of the economy, and it's very very very. It's very deep. It's a you know it's it's serious. Yeah. The biggest event on the peninsula has always been the Summer PV Street Fair, produced by the Chamber of Commerce. Just sense of, I love the street fair, not just because it's our event, but because it brings the community together and the feeling of community that you get at that event is just, it's palpable. It's just like, it's like old people, young people, teenagers, you know, little, 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 little. You know, young families with little babies. I mean, it's just every, grandparents. Everybody's there. And it's such a, it's the start to the summer. And you just, you see people. It's just, it's so much fun. So that's why I love that event. But anyway, so um, we'll be back be Back with that. Anyway, back to um, positive things. So I do want to always say that um, from the Chamber of Commerce, we really greatly appreciate the residents of this community who have been supporting our local businesses. Um, you know, for the residents who are not comfortable you know, going out, they've been supporting them online. They've been, you know, doing, doing, do a good Yelp review, you know, order a gift card, whatever. So we really appreciate the residents supporting um, the businesses. I also need to give a shout out to the four cities on the peninsula. Um, and obviously, Rolling Hills doesn't have any businesses, doesn't have a commercial district, um, but they're still one of our cities and they're incredibly supportive. But um You know, starting right with Rancho Palos Verdes and Palos Verdes Estates and Rolling Hills Estates, um, we are very fortunate in this community to have city managers and um, city councils who want to support our businesses. Um, They have been working closely together with the chamber and with the chambers have been working with them. We always work together, but I would say since March, um, just that relationship has really strengthened and the the cities really want to do whatever they can in any way to help support the businesses. So those are all really positive things. And many of our businesses are very, very resilient and they are doing their best to reinvent themselves. But it, you know, what you got to remember is Yes, outdoor dining is lovely, but if you are outdoor dining at 30%, you know, capacity, what you would normally be running, you can't keep that going for very long, you know? So it's great that we're doing it and that's better than not doing it, you know, but look at the nail salons. They were only open for two weeks, okay? How do you pay your how do you pay your taxes? How do you pay your property taxes? How, you know, it just, and the people who are out of work and, and all of that. So we are resilient and our businesses are resilient, but I would be remiss. I, I can't paint a rosy picture, even though I'm an optimist and, and positive, because I think people need to realize that this is, um, the longer we stay closed and locked down, it's very, very severe. And so, um, I am a proponent of, you know, we need to reopen in a safe and measured way. And I believe wholeheartedly, and I'll talk about something the Chamber is going to do in that regard to help our businesses in a minute, but I wholeheartedly believe that our businesses want to do the right thing. They want their customers to be safe. They want their employees to be safe. Absolutely. No one's going to willingly do something that is, is, is not right. No one wants to do that, okay? We have to trust our business owners Um, They're invested in the community. Many of them live here. They're our friends and their neighbors. We know them. They know us. So we have to trust them to do the right thing, but we have to allow them to open and run their businesses. Um, You know, and there is, in my mind, and I've said this since the beginning, there is no reason that the protocols that enable one to walk around, you know, Costco um, or Lowe's hardware cannot be applied to any one of our businesses. Um, And so it, it does... It does, it's very difficult if we are continued to be locked down under certain sectors can't open or you can only open at this very limited capacity. So I I think we really need more of a middle ground here. But along those lines, I I would, if you can give me the time, I would like to just tell you about a program the Chamber will be launching next week. It's called In the South Bay. And um, we are very excited. The program actually was launched um, several weeks ago by the Beach Cities Health District, which doesn't cover, yeah, it doesn't cover. Exactly. It doesn't cover the Palos Verdes Peninsula, but they started it in the beach cities and um, I reached out to them and, uh, and and the other partners they're working with recently and said, hey, can the Palos Verdes Peninsula Chamber, can we be involved too? And they very graciously said, yes, absolutely. So we are very excited to be partnering with them on it. So what will happen is um, in the very near future, like next week, we will have available on our website and we will also get the information out to the four cities, so they can help us hopefully get it out to everyone as well. Um, and what will happen is a business will go to our website, they will click on a link, they will take a pledge that says, I pledge that, you know, my employees and the people, my customers, we will wear masks, we will wash our hands, we will sanitize, we will practice you know, practice physical distancing, you know, the the six or so things that that the county and the CDC have been telling us from the get-go that we need to do. So they take a pledge and they sign it saying that they will do that. They also have to then um, uh, download the health protocols from the county, LA County Department of Public Health for their particular industry sector, whether they're a restaurant or a hair salon or a bank or whatever it might be. They have to pull those up. They have to sign the first page of that, testifying again that they are following those protocols. They upload that. I look at it. I make sure that they're, you know, that they're that the documents. They're, they've uploaded the right thing, etc. We, the chamber, approves them, and then they will get a clingy to go in their window that was safe in the South Bay. Now, in addition to that, we'll post them on our website. We'll give them a shout out on social media. You know, there'll be other promotion around it. We can give them the actual logo for the Safe in the South Bay program, they can put it on their website. They can put it in their emails to their customers. They can put it on their social media. The idea is that we want a message to the community, to their clients, as well as to their employees that they're doing the right thing. It's safe to go into their store. They're open and they're safe. Because one of the things that we hear from a lot of the businesses and people in general, it's so hard to even know who's open. And I mean we've been maintaining open for business list since the get-go, but it's so hard because one week they're open and the next week they're closed and then they're open again because, you know, or they're open in a different way. So it's been really challenging to do that. So our hope is that things are settling down right now and that this will not only help um, the community know what businesses are open, but it will also give the community a sense of confidence that that business owner has certified and pledged um, that they're following the protocols. So the employees can feel safe and the customers can feel safe. And so that's, that's what we're working towards. So I'm very, very excited about this program. So if anybody's hearing this podcast and wants to know about it, just reach out to the chamber, give us a call um, or contact us through our website um, because we want to, this will be open to any business who's on the Palos Verdes Peninsula. You've been listening to the Panorama podcast music provided by George McKinto at joyful music and arts. The Panorama Podcast is presented by Totally Cool Publishing and is not affiliated with any public or private school. That That was. was Yes, that one lap. Yep. Two minutes. Just right Five minutes. We said.